BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Thermador at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Warning, you're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Welcome, everybody. This is Battleground Live every single night at 5 p.m. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for being in the trenches with us. I mean, this show is all about building a movement, and that the mission of that movement is to save this country and to pass on an America to our children that is free and rich with opportunity. And, and my goal on this show, and I, and I tell you all this all the time, is to give you all the unvarnished truth because the media and the, the Democrats in Washington, they ain't giving it to you. So um, we've got an, a crazy uh chock full show today. Uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, fake news media and and their shifting narrative. And I want you all to pay very close attention to how they're moving the needle uh, with regards to the stories, uh, the tragedy unfolding in Maui. We're going to talk about the Trump persecution, uh, Tucker's interview with Trump tonight. Um, we're going to talk about the a GOP debate extravaganza with a, a former Trump official um, named Amber Smith. And she was the deputy assistant to the secretary of defense in the Trump administration and and she was a Kiowa warrior, helicopter pilot, and a combat veteran of two theaters, one in Iraq and one in, one in Afghanistan. She's the real deal. She'll be up later. So stay tuned for all that. Um, before we get to some of the breaking news in Maui, and again, I want to stay on the story in Maui because it's just so important. And again, you're not getting any of this news from the actual media whose job it is to report the facts. Uh, but before I obviously want to thank uh, Deepwell, who is a founding sponsor of, of this program. They made this show possible. They took a chance on me way back in January when this show was just a concept and I wouldn't be here without them. I mean, look, the episode that we did last night is well over 150,000 views right now. So I think I think what that tells us is that there is a there's a desire out there in this country for the truth and for alternative sources of media. 
you know, I think by and large, most people, I mean, obviously you don't trust CNN, you don't trust MSNBC or any of the actual mainstream outlets, ABC, NBC, CBS, even Fox News. Most of the people that I know don't watch Fox News. Uh, maybe some watch Newsmax, but by and large, I think people are looking to alternative sources of media. And I think people found it in Battleground Live, which again, airs every night at five. Uh, so we're glad that you, we have you here. And none of this would be possible without Deepwell. And Deepwell, yes, they're headquartered in Western Pennsylvania, but they have places in Louisiana. They have places in Texas. They're all over the country and they're hiring. So if you love the country, you love American energy, you want a job that pays really damn well, I mean, Deepwell is the place for you. Again, five years on their educational track, you start at over 50 grand a year, full benefits. And at the end of five years, you're making well over $250,000 a year. I mean, it's an amazing company and they're growing like gangbusters. So, but thank you to Deepwell. You're all American patriots. We love you. Okay, let's get right to Maui. I want to jump right in with an Associated Press story out of Maui today. And it if, if it does not make you furious, again, take a cold shower, do something, because this kind, this kind of stuff, you'd think that it would be headline news on every media outlet in the country. It's not. Uh, but check this out. This is in the AP. Again, not exactly a conservative bastion uh, of reporting, right? The title of the article, in deadly Maui fires, many had no warning and no way out. Those who dodged barricades survived. Now, remember, for those of you all who watched this program uh, last week, and we were all over this story in Maui, and what did I tell you? Even way back then, even prior to any other media outlet reporting it, because we paid attention to some of the survivor testimony in the wake of that tragedy, what they told us was that for some inexplicable reason, the roads were blocked and they couldn't get out and they were funneled right back into where the fire was the worst. We reported that. We brought that to you. And this is a story in the Associated Press. I'm going to read it to you. As flames tore through a West Maui neighborhood, car after car of fleeing residents headed for the only paved road out of town in a desperate race for safety. And car after car was turned back toward the rapidly spreading wildfire by a barricade blocking access to Highway 30. One family swerved around the barricade and was safe in a nearby town 48 minutes later. Another drove their four-wheel drive car down a dirt road to escape. One man took a dirt road uphill, climbing above the fire and watching as Lahaina burned. He later picked his way through the flames, smoke, and rubble to pull survivors to safety. Now, it seems like to me... <laughs> That the government, the Democrat leadership. Now, again, Hawaii is a state that went by that went to Joe Biden by nearly a two to one margin. Almost the 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 mayor of Maui, um, the governor of Hawaii, all of these officials, the hippy dippy water official, all radical leftists, all communists, mouth breathing leftists. It seems like at every phase. Of, of the response to this disaster, both both actually as it was unfolding and in the response, they did everything that everything wrong. It seemed like what their goal was, was to maximize the human toll. I'm not saying that that's what they wanted, but I'm saying that at every single level, whether the police blocking people who were trying to escape from the water turning off to the, uh, the straight up lies being perpetrated by all of these Democrat officials coming out of Hawaii, blaming climate change now to cover up for their own 
leadership inadequacies. And again, we all know now that it wasn't climate change that caused this stuff. It was their BS climate change policies, because instead of clear cutting around power lines, which again, in the middle of storm, a storm winds, there are high winds, they blow power wires. And sometimes those power wires can come into contact with, with things that are, are flammable and some of the brush around them and cause fires. Instead of clear cutting that stuff around the power lines, they diverted all of those resources, millions of dollars into green new deal BS. And so it seems like, again, every step of the way, the decisions that they that they made went horrifically wrong. Now, this article goes on. Bayard's neighborhood, and this is about a, a gentleman in the article, Bayard's neighborhood near Liana Road was filled with kids who were home alone when the flames hit, he said. We needed like 10 more minutes and we could have saved a lot of kids, he said, choking back tears. If we just had like a 10 or 15 minute warning, because again, remember, the sirens didn't go off. The family ventured out to, to the mall recently, looking for a moment of normalcy in the aftermath of the tragedy. They ran into a playmate of their son. Kid, kids just don't have a filter. So their son ran up and was just telling our son, you know, this kid is dead. This kid is dead. And it's like all my son's friends that come to our house every day, he said, and their parents were at work and they were home alone and nobody had a warning. Nobody, nobody, nobody knew. But you're not hearing these stories on any of really the mainstream outlets. In fact, the media has gone into a full up spin mode to cover for Biden's visit in Maui. It seemed like they all got their marching orders from the administration and are all rolling out the, the same buzzwords. It's like, so Ben Ryan on Twitter today, who is a contributor to NBC News and the New York Times tweeted out, no, Biden was not sleeping at the Maui Memorial. He was bowing his head in solemnity. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I showed you all the video just yesterday of Biden falling asleep. He was not, he was not bowing his head and praying. Nobody else around him in that video was bowing their head and praying. Biden was asleep because the guy's like 100 years old and had flown all the way across the country and then likely from California all the way to Hawaii. He's probably seriously jet lagged. Why not just tell the truth? The guy's old. He was seriously jet lagged. It was a hell of a day for him. But no, the media in all their infinite wisdom is shifting the narrative. And I want you to be aware of this stuff in real time. David Ingram at NBC News wrote an article titled Conservative Pundits Falsely Claim That Biden Slept During the Fire Memorial. You see what's happening here? They're trying to tell you to disbelieve what you see and what you hear. Don't believe your own lying eyes. Don't believe the video that we just showed you on this program yesterday. No, believe the media because it's their job, and they believe this, to tell you what exactly to think. Of course, uh, Bill Weir of CNN got into it, um, got in on the fray to try to spin this dis Biden's disastrous Maui visit. Uh, check out this video and listen to what he had to say. 
President and uh, Dr. Biden spent several hours both over Lahaina on the ground here and meeting with both first responders and victims of this tragedy at the big shelter, the War Memorial Shelter in central Maui. And he said the right things in many cases. When he came to the microphone to give his statements, he said the thing that a lot of folks I've been hearing from for two weeks have been saying, that he wants Maui, the people of Maui, to help determine how this place is rebuilt. There is a question as to who will have the most influence in that conversation going forward. Locals here, working class Native Hawaiians and multi-generational locals, are worried of disaster capitalism, people moving in to exploit this and buy up as much land as they can in this paradise and rebuild it uh, for their interests as well. The president says promises that that won't happen. It remains to be seen. There's a lot of forces at play here right now. He did serve as empathizer in chief after five days of being mostly silent on the issue publicly, but the governor said he was working behind the scenes to assure uh, first responders that the feds had their back on this. Uh, he shared the stories we're familiar with of losing his daughter and wife and wondering if his sons had survived a, a car accident early in his political career. And that's what so many people here are going through now. The list of the missing according to the mayor of Maui, was whittled from over 2,000 by the FBI and authorities down to around 850 now. That still seems impossibly high this many days, almost two weeks now after the fire uh, broke out. Forensic anthropologists, though, say historically scenes like this can take months or even years uh, to sort out the missing. You can hope there's still some confusion as to who's on that list. But the real heartbreak is to think about the children who were left home that day. There are parents in this town who lost their kids. There are kids who lost their parents. We're unclear if uh, the President Biden was able to meet with any of those. We know he did meet with Archie Kalepa, uh, a historic figure here, Uncle Archie, as he's known, a Hall of Fame waterman who led a lot of the relief efforts from a sort of a cul-de-sac command post that we went into as well. Uh, some of those who have been very active on social media were at the table, at least with President Biden, for the few hours he was here. But now all eyes are on this place to see how soon they can find the, the huge number of missing or, and make peace with those families and how exactly they will rebuild. I mean, first of all, Dr. Dr. Biden, really? I mean, come on, she's not. It drives me crazy. I mean, she's got her PhD in education or something like that, but she's not a freaking medical doctor. Can we please just dispel with that once and for all, Dr. Biden, like she's there to to issue emergency first aid to some of the survivors. Uh, Did you notice the language, though, referring to him as the empathizer in chief? Again, we showed you a video just yesterday of Biden telling the story of a kitchen of a kitchen fire, a small kitchen fire that was under control in 20 minutes where he lied and said it was a house fire. He was in in danger of losing everything, including his wife, but also his 67 Corvette and his his cat. But no, CNN would have you believe that Joe Biden is the empathizer in chief. (laughs) Guys in there, he gets on the ground within two seconds is walking around and he's talking about how the ground is hot. Well, of course the ground is hot. They just had a wildfire that killed over a thousand people. What the hell is wrong with this guy? Moreover, what the hell is wrong with the media? Why are we covering for for this guy? The reason why I've covered this story and been relentless in doing so is because this could be one of the largest, most significant, tragic national disasters that this country has ever faced, especially with all the children and families who just completely lost their lives. 
And yet the media is in full spin mode to try to protect this mouth-breathing loser that we have as commander-in-chief who's been a pathological liar his entire life. And CNN wasn't the only news station that did it. I mean, just talk to you about NBC. Talk to you about CNN now. And then, of course, Morning Joe on MSNBC got got in on the fray. Um, now, this is like we had this is a six minutes total of video. We divided it into a couple of segments. But listen to how these people, these disconnected, you know, New York City, Washington, D.C. media types who are wholly disconnected from the people of this country and wholly disconnected from the people of Maui. Watch how they just fawn. They are in full on protect mode in spin mode of of the disaster that is President Joe Biden. Check this out. The only thing, Willie, the only thing that we can thank God for is that Joe Biden was not wearing a tan suit because then we've been a total meltdown on the floor. Right. But I will tell you, the people of Maui and again, read Read the local coverage. Don't listen to the lies on Trumpy outlets. Read the local coverage. All incredibly positive. Don't listen to the lies on Trumpy outlets. Trumpy outlets. So, you know, uh, on, on this show, for example, we showed you actual video of the things that Biden was doing. What they're telling you is just, now don't, again, don't believe your own eyes. Don't believe that stuff. You know, just read what the local news has to say about him. Like they loved him. They thought he did a great job. All these crazy right wing conspiracy theorists. They're just all nuts. Uh, Joe Scarborough went on and, and said this. Now, if if you were following right wing media yesterday, and even if you weren't, if you just a lot of it was reaching out and pulling you into your smartphones. You would think that everybody in Maui was angry with Joe Biden, that Joe Biden was having a siesta during every I know this is going to shock you. It was all garbage. You look at the local newspapers, you look at the local reports, you listen to the local people. These weren't Democratic operatives. It was the Maui newspaper. Everybody in these newspapers glowing the coverage thanking the president for being there, saying it made such a difference that he and Jill were so empathetic. They were so giving. They gave them hope. Willie Geist got in on it, too. Of course, he's on the screen with uh, Joe and Micah. Um, But again, they're telling you to disbelieve your own lion eyes. Let's listen to what Willie has to say. Wearing a tan suit or perhaps even riding a bicycle. Even worse, Joe, that could have been big oh, news as well. Yes. If you're watching this this morning, you have no idea what we're talking about. It's because you live in the rational world where this was an insignificant moment, not a controversial one anyway. So pay attention to the shift. If you're watching this stuff on your own, if you're developing your own opinions, which is what I'm, I'm, I hope to, to bring to you all on this show, you're a far right wing loon you 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 don't live in the real world that do you hear how they talk about oh you know the tan suit you know remember because when obama wore the tan suit to the un then that all these leftist hack mouth breathers like to lie and say that that was the only scandal of the obama administration well that he wore a tan suit um okay well of course we know that that also is a lie but do you see how insulting 
and condescending they are to you. This is why President Trump calls these people the enemy of the people. And this is why they're just so dangerous. You see the spin, right? And this is this is so relevant because just yesterday I showed you all this stuff so you could decide for yourself. But you see how the media is just spinning it now. They're just in full-time spin mode. Uh, Joe Scarborough goes on in the next clip. Let's watch. It's this whataboutism. It's Hunter Biden's laptop. It's Hunter Biden. It's Joe Biden falls asleep. It's Joe Biden falls off of a bicycle. It is all so shallow. It is all so stupid. And it is all they have. It's all they have. And I'll add to your list that many people have gone to jail for many, many years and are bankrupted and ruined because they followed the lead of Donald Trump. Uh, It's almost hard to believe that anyone could think the way that they're thinking. The, the idea that that people have lost everything because they followed Donald Trump. Yeah, un, unjust persecutions. Yes. I mean, absolutely staggering the way that these people see you, the way that these people are spinning events to prevent you from knowing the truth. Um, wasn't just members of the media who got in on the spin. Now, again, you, you remember, focus on what they're saying, that Joe Biden was not a, a sociopathic liar who went to Maui and was wholly detached from the moment. No, he was the empathizer in chief. He's old, kind, lunch bucket, Uncle Joe. We, we love him. He, he delivered to Maui exactly what the people need. Just read the paper. Don't listen to these right-wing conspiracy theorists. Don't believe the actual videos that show Joe Biden conducting himself in a certain way. Listen to us, the media. Don't question the crap that we're feeding you. It wasn't just the media that got into it. Of course, the Democrat Party uh, got in on it as well. Um, the, check out this clip um, of a Democrat senator. Um, her name is Tina Smith. And she went on Fox News and Dana Perino asked her a bunch of questions about this. But check this out. And I think one of the things, Senator Smith, is that original silence, as well as the story about the minor fire, have led people to say, wait, wait, is he understanding what's going on with hundreds of people missing? Just give you one more word on that and we'll move on to another topic. I think he absolutely is understanding it. And he's demonstrating that understanding, not only by being there, but also by making sure that the full force of the federal government is being brought to help uh, what's help these poor, poor individuals who have suffered such grievous loss in Hawaii. And, you know, I have to say also, it's kind of incredible to see some politicians trying to um, take advantage of the grief and the misery in Hawaii to try to score political points here. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that does happen in disasters. And I remember it very, very well. But Dana Perino couldn't believe the answer because here <laughs> this Democrat hack is out there like, oh, well, I can't believe that people would politicize disaster. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nobody's politicizing this. Joe Biden is just a zombie buffoon. He's a complete and total moron. He is responsible for his own actions. He's the one that went to Maui two weeks later, dragging himself off the beach, dragging himself away from Ta- Lake Tahoe, where he stayed a billionaire's house, did a flyby in Maui, offended a hell of a lot of people, acted like a complete pudding brain buffoon, got on a plane, got on a plane and went back on vacation.
And now so the, the White House released um, a, a press release just a, an hour or so ago. You know, D Joe Biden, uh, Dr. Jill uh, and, and family are in the middle of an intense Pilates workout right now. So while Maui is burning, there are bodies of children still unaccounted for. This guy is releasing press releases about doing Pilates, and yet this senator is out there would have you believe that he, oh, yes, well, of course we think we think he's just so understanding. He's just wonderful. What a load, a complete load of BS. Let's see how survivors feel. So you've heard how the fake news media is spinning this. You've heard how the Democrat Party is, is, is spinning this. Let's hear of more survivor testimony who were on Fox and Friends this morning. Check it out. Amanda, I'll ask you the same question because you lost your home. Uh, what do you need the most right now? The federal government is promising $700. How do you view that? That's nothing because it's per household. It's not per individual. I think it is just so lacking in, in support. We're really lacking in support here. I mean, permanent housing for people, even temporary permanent housing until we get Lahaina back up. It's just, it's serious. We, we need support. And it took him 13 days to get here. It's outrageous. Yeah. She lost her home. It took Biden 13 days to even get there. It's just outrageous. They need support. This courageous survivor went on. Listen to her. Comparing that moment to the devastating fires that ravaged your community, what do you think about that moment? I think it was a little bit tone deaf. However, I can't understand how he was trying to meet us somewhere and say, I understand. But unfortunately, that is nothing that compares to what happened to our community, our beautiful little town and the family children that were lost and disabled and the elderly. I mean, a car and your kitchen is kind of just a little sad to hear, you know? I mean, I think people really want to see you show up for us and provide an eighth of what you're giving to Ukraine. It's, it's outrageous. Lahaina is so hurt right now and it was tone deaf. So, Everything that she said there was 100% right. Just hasn't even given Hawaii an eighth of what he's given to Ukraine. Do you remember what I told you yesterday in the show about how when Joe Biden tries to meet people in the middle and empathize with him, you know, he does so with complete and total lies. And she talked about, you know, a, a kitchen fire in his Corvette. Oh, but Biden also talked about losing his cat because that compares to losing everything you've ever known to include loved ones and children. Absolutely crazy. And adding insult to injury to all this stuff. I want you to know about another story that broke today in Maui. When all these Democrat senators talk about the full force of the United States government responding in full, um, helping the people of Hawaii and the devastation in Maui, $1,200 hotel rooms for FEMA, okay? There's a story in uh, the Daily Mail UK. FEMA teams have checked in at, at three five-star hotels at Fairmont, Fairmont Keelana. Gosh, some of these, some of the Hawaii names are tough for me to, to, to pronounce. <laughs> uh, the Four Seasons, the Grand Walia Astoria, where past guests include members of the Hollywood elite. Their rooms carry price tags that are well out of reach of most hardworking Americans. Federal government rates for this week at all three resorts start at an eye 
watering $1,000 per night. So think about that for just a second. You are a resident of Maui. <laughs> Joe Biden told you that you're going to get a one-time payment for payment forgiveness of 700 bucks, which again is like two trips to the grocery store, if that in, in the Biden economy. But the people that are responding to this disaster are, are living in five-star resorts, oceanfront resorts, over $1,000 a night price tag. Do you think, think back to what that Democrat senator just, just said, oh, I think Joe Biden is, is fully understanding. <laughs> There's no way in hell this guy gets it at all. His freaking emergency workers are staying in five-star resorts, $1,000 a night, while the people in Maui have nothing and have lost everything. Could not be more tone deaf. I want to pivot right to uh, the, the debates. We've got so much to cover, and we're running just a little bit behind. But the the GOP debate is happening tonight. The persecution of Trump is still happening. Uh, but Tucker just released a video before we went live uh, about what time his interview will air with President Trump. Uh, I want you to see it because, frankly, it'll be interesting to see what the, the analytics on viewership is for the debates versus this Trump interview. I, I think that most people are probably going to watch the Tucker interview. It's just me, but we'll see. But this is what Tucker said about his interview with Trump. Listen specifically to when he's airing the interview. Check this out. On Sunday, Donald Trump announced that he will not participate in tonight's Republican candidates debate hosted by Fox News in Milwaukee. Whatever you think of Trump, he is, as of tonight, the indisputable far and away frontrunner in the Republican race. We think voters have an interest in hearing what he thinks. So when Trump approached us about having a conversation for a far larger audience than he'd receive on cable news, we happily accepted. That interview will air tonight in this space at 8.55. We hope you'll watch. Okay. So you were time that interviews air 855. That's five minutes before the GOP debate. Sort of seems like Tucker is going to war with his previous network. Sort of seems like Trump is trying to take the wind out of the sails of some of these other candidates who are who are on stage, who, by the way, he's just crushing in the primary. I mean, right now, I mean, anything could happen. But in, in most of these polls, uh, Trump is up 50 points. And, and I think by even the same, if not greater margins in some of these swing states, um, I want to touch briefly on the Trump persecution that that's that's continuing. And then we're going to get to Amber Smith and we're going to talk a little bit about the debate. Um, but Rudy Giuliani had to surrender himself today um, uh, in Georgia. It's it's a disgraceful thing what they're doing down there. But I want you to hear with what Rudy said, because it, first of all, this is America's mayor. This is the man that was boots on the ground in the wake of 9-11, and he is guilty of the, cr of the crime of just simply providing Donald Trump legal advice. I told you yesterday that this country stands on a very thin line between hope and darkness. Now we're talking about prosecuting attorneys for giving legal advice to what some of these you know, communist DA, Soros-funded DAs, they just disagree with the, the politics, but they're prosecuting Rudy Giuliani for legal advice that he gave to President Trump. I want you to listen to what he has to say because it's just so important. Uh, to Georgia, and I'm feeling very, very good about it because I feel like I'm defending the rights of all Americans, as I did so many times as a United States attorney. People, people like to say I'm different. I'm the same Rudy Giuliani that took down the mafia, that made New York City the safest city in America, 
reduced crime more than any mayor in the history of any city, anywhere. And I'm fighting for justice. I have been from the first moment I represented Donald Trump, an innocent man, who has now been proven innocent several times. I don't know how many times he has to be proven innocent. And they have to be proven to be liars, actually enemies of our republic, who are destroying rights, sacred rights. They're destroying my right to counsel, my right to be a lawyer. They're destroying his right to counsel. It's not accidental that they've indicted all his lawyers. Never heard of that before in America. All the lawyers indicted. Now, whether you dislike or you like Donald Trump, let me give you a warning. <laughs> They're going to come for you. When the political winds shift, as they always do, let us pray that Republicans are more honest, more trustworthy, and more American than these people in charge of this government. Because if our government is conducted this way, and the system of justice is politicized and criminalized for politics, your rights are in jeopardy and your children's. Donald Trump told you this. They weren't just coming for him or me. Now they've indicted people in this case. I don't even know who they are. These are just regular people making a normal living. They're going to bankrupt. They won't convict them. Okay. You heard him say it. Once they're done with Trump and his team, they're coming for you next. I've told you that too. So for those of you keeping score at home, this is from Charlie Kirk, and I think it's fascinating. We now have a local DA, uh, DC DA, DA investigating the number one funder for conservative political causes on the right. We have the local Westchester DA investigating James O'Keefe trying to put him in prison. We have a local Manhattan DA indicting Trump for an unprecedented crime and trying to indict his whole family. We have the local Fulton County DA indicting Trump and 18 other conservatives, Rudy Giuliani included. We have the Michigan Attorney General targeting 16 alternate electors there. Not a single Republican DA or AG has the stones to investigate or indict the criminals on the left. This is why you're losing your country. I tend to agree with him, but not everybody is taking this stuff laying down. There's a Georgia state senator named Colton Moore. He is calling for a special session in, in Georgia. He's calling for the impeachment of Fannie Willis. He's absolutely courageous. This country needs a, a, like a thousand more uh, GOP representatives just like him because it's time to fight back. You know who isn't being prosecuted for for their own elections, and these are people who have protested their own elections. In fact, Democrats have protested their every election that they lost for the past fifty years. Hillary Clinton's not being prosecuted. Joe Biden's not being prosecuted. Hunter Biden's not being prosecuted. Including there's this uh, breaking news that just came out today. We had video, but I'm just going to cut it and just tell you right about it. Um, the Robert L. Peters. This is from James Rosen. The Robert L. Peters email address. Uh, for Vice President Biden, used to discuss Ukraine with Hunter Biden in 2016 when he worked for Burisma, was hosted by U.S. 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 ISA, basically a U.S. Department of Defense Information Agency, an elite Department of Defense IT unit whose mission it is to combat combat support for warfighters. Why the hell are they running an alias account? For the vice president, for the then vice president of the United States, in which he was looping in his crack smoking sun on all these corrupt business deals in countries that are unbelievably corrupt. You think that's appropriate? It's not appropriate. This story is going to keep, this story is going to, this this story is just going to go drip, drip, drip. And we're going to keep bringing you the facts. Um, coming to you next is the great 
Amber Smith. Again, uh, we're going to talk about the GOP debate and a whole heck of a lot more. But before I get to her, I want to thank Cabot Guns. They're another sponsor of this program. They're a nationwide company. They're also hiring. They're pro-Second Amendment, best shooting pistols on the, on the market. Go to their website. Check them out. If you're looking for a job, they're hiring all over the place. They're a great company, Cabot. Thank you. Um, I want to go right to Amber Smith. She was the deputy assistant to the Secretary of Defense in the Trump administration, and she's a Kyle Warrior helicopter pilot. She served; a, she's a combat veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan. She's the real deal. She's an American patriot, and now her most important job is she's she's a she's a mother, and she's also a wife, and she's kicking ass and taking names. Amber, thanks for being on Battleground Live. Hey, Sean. Great to be on with you. <laughs> oh, that's your book back there. She's also the best-selling author of, <laughs> of a great book called Danger Close. I mean, she's got a lot of different pokers in the fire. So, Amber. I'm staying tell busy. Me what's, you're staying busy. Okay. So, tell me so much going on with the debate tonight. You've got Doug Burgum on the stage. You've got Garden State Lizzo, a.k.a. Chris Chris Christie. You've got Ron DeSantis, <laughs> Nikki Haley, Asa Hutchinson, Mike Pence, Vivek, and Tim Scott. Tell me what your take on this race is right now. I mean, I, start just jump in anywhere. I mean, I think this is a debate, aside from one person, Vivek, this is a debate for the establishment Republican candidates, the the rhino that we talk about is like some of these people just can't take a hint. Like what is Chris Christie doing? <laughs> Does he like, and he knows he doesn't have realistically a shot. Like he knows it, but politicians cannot stay out of the spotlight and it keeps him in his mind relevant, but it's like, come on, there are serious matters right now. Our Republic is in jeopardy. We need Republicans to rally behind President Trump, who will be uh, the nominee. I said this in April. I tweeted out. I said the primary is over. Trump is going to be the nominee. Everyone else is just running for president in 2028, VP <laughs> or a cabinet seat. But honestly, like nobody on that stage is going to end up with anything. The Trump, President Trump and um, like some higher ups in his administration uh, definitely learned um, during uh, 2016 to 2020 um, about what it means and uh, on terms of who you're appointing. And it's not, it's not going to be these like elbow rubbing DC or DC anymore. You know, what's crazy is I, I talked yesterday about uh, Chris Christie and why he's, he's in this debate and he's clearly trying to settle a personal vendetta with president Trump. I mean, he wanted to be vice president, president Trump made Pence the vice president that obviously pissed off Chris Christie. And then, so Trump, of course, being the kind of guy that he is like wanted to give Chris Christie a shot, made him the head of his transition team. You know, Trump gets elected on November 8th, learns that Chris Christie is packing his administration with a bunch of uh, New Jersey cronies and, and lobbyists. Trump, gets rid of all of them and fires Chris Christie. And now Chris Christie's in the race and he's out there telling people, it's like, Oh yeah, man, I'm coming <laughs> after, uh, I'm coming after president Trump. It's like, but that, that, that like, doesn't sound like you have a plan. It just doesn't sound like you care about America. You just don't like Trump. That's what I mean. It's like these personal <laughs> agendas and egos that are getting in the way of uh, allowing us to unite and move forward with a candidate that, like you said, is, um, 
dozens of points ahead above the, the other second place. And so it's, it's um, I mean, this debate is probably going to have the biggest buzz. It's only going to go downhill from here in terms of that pool um, and who's sticking around. I think Trump is very smart not to do this debate. I was glad to see he didn't. Um, he wouldn't get a fair shot. Um, in terms of the other candidates on stage, it would be Trump against every single other person up there. And, um, you know, they know that he's the target and they're going to go after him. So I think it was very smart. He doesn't need the debate. Every other one of those candidates on the stage tonight needs the debate. They need, uh, you know, the clips afterwards and being able to market themselves from the, the one liners from the debate. They need that. President Trump does not need that. It's like, give me one reason that it would benefit Trump to do the debate. There are none. So it was a smart move for him to uh, skip it. And I mean, even smarter to do Tucker. <laughs> I, you know, it's crazy is that you and I have been on Fox a lot. Um, and I, I have so many friends that are there, whether they're hosts or on the production side. And this is just, I heard this from someone there uh, over the past couple of days that they're not even allowed to talk about uh, Trump's interview with Tucker. They're not even allowed to mention Tucker's name there. I mean, so if, if Trump breaks some crazy news on Tucker, how the hell is Fox going to cover it? And, and, and Tucker is, is launching his, his interview with Trump for free on, on, on Twitter or X or whatever the hell they call the platform now, five minutes before the debate airs. So like what? I mean, I, I'm so interested to get your Genius. feedback on that. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, this this is. Oh my gosh. Okay, tell me why. I mean, you're. I completely agree. By the way, that that Trump should not walk into that trap. I mean, you're going to open yourself up to attacks from Doug Burgum. I mean, you were yeah. the former president of the United States for God's sake, or Asa Hutchinson. These no. people are not even on his radar. Why? Why give him no, a but chance? The thing, to take but shot? Exactly. But he is you know, a complete like echelon above them. He does not need to be bringing himself down to these people that are polling be below 10% for the most part, every single one of them. And I mean, some of them on there are just not debate material. Like I, Nikki Haley comes out talking, like she wants to criticize members of Congress for plans that she doesn't uh, like. And instead, <laughs> instead of giving a solution, you know, you and I learned this in the military. Don't come to me with a problem. Come to me with a solution. And a presidential candidate wants to go and interview and say, well, there's got to be a better way. What he's doing is like is wrong. And, and this was about the um, abortion debate with Senator Tuberville and his um, holding up the nominations with uh, flag officers at DOD. And she's like, no, that's wrong. Like she claims to be pro-life and anti-abortion, yet she's slamming the guy who's actually holding DOD accountable for, you know, not breaking the law, not using taxpayer dollars to fund service members' abortions to travel to have these abortions. And so it's like, well, she's like, there's got to be a better way. What he's doing is wrong. It's like, no, you're coming to me with the so-called problem without a solution. You're just complaining about it. Nobody wants to hear a presidential candidate sit up there and complain about things that are going wrong in our country. Guess what? Americans are aware of what is wrong in our country. You tell me, how are you going to fix it? I don't want to hear you complain. 
Tell me how you're going to fix it. And that's what I want to hear from every single one of these candidates. But instead, they're going to go up there and they're going to complain about Trump. That's what they're going to do. They're not serious candidates when they do that. I mean, what do you make of of like people like Chris Christie and some of these other candidates, DeSantis? And by the way, I I, I don't have an axe to grind with Ron DeSantis. He was a hell of a governor in in Florida. I don't think it's his time. I don't think he has that much longer, though, to salvage his legacy moving forward. I mean, Mm, you know, I I just I, I, I I'm. I'm worried for his political future at this point. I, I don't think that the base is going to forgive him. Yeah. I just and, and, and that's going to hurt him in, in 2028. But what 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 other things do you want to hear from these candidates tonight? I mean, if in a perfect world, you know, obviously, I agree. They're going to probably try to go after after President Trump, maybe even throw a few shots at Ron DeSantis. But do you, like what are the things that you want to hear as somebody who served this country in combat and are obviously concerned with all the chaos in Ukraine and and these, for lack of a better term, these neocons that are exporting American sons and daughters all over the world without a clear cut mission. Like, tell me about some of the stuff that you want to see. Okay, let me real quick just comment on what you said about DeSantis, and then I'll answer your question. So DeSantis absolutely made the wrong move. He was a rising star, being the governor of Florida. People, He had such a bright future in front of him. I said it from the beginning, support President Trump, hold out, lead Florida, and then <laughs> run in 2028. Like if that's, if that's where you're going, do that. Instead, he jumped in. He completely shot himself in the foot with in, in terms of um, a following and people who saw him as being um, similar to Trump in, in terms of America first and anti-woke and all of all of the other things that we see playing the nation. And instead, he decides to go and bash President Trump. And then <laughs> you see uh, the establishment in Washington, D.C., the GOP establishment in Washington, D.C., rally behind DeSantis because they're still recovering from what happened in their eyes in 2013 or 2016 when Trump won um, and having to sort of live through that administration. So the those people in D.C., it was like clear as day when all of the neocons rallied behind uh, DeSantis. And it's like, OK, they see this as um, an alternative to President Trump, someone more controllable, someone that, you know, will be forever war centric in terms of our foreign policy and national security. um, Something that we all know that the establishment GOP in DC is all about. Uh, So just a bad move on DeSantis part. I I really think he's hurt his um, chances moving forward Um, in terms of what I want to see the candidates talk about. I would love to hear about Ukraine. What I don't want to just hear um, you know, oh, we support democracy over there. Tell, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple candidates who have like gotten into the weeds uh, and and that's what the rest of the candidates need to do. I don't want a political answer of like, oh, we need peace and stability in Europe. America is the leader of the free world. Yeah, we are. We are the leader of the free world. Uh, Europe needs to step up and we need to take care of some problems here at home. Like Russia is such a distraction right now um, with with everything that's going on with China and some of these like holdover Cold War um, 
think tanks that cannot let go and they can't let go of Putin um, and have no strategy for any sort of an in-state, any sort of strategy for the equipment that's being sent over there and taken away from our stockpile here at home and any sort of a peace plan. Why? Because they're not interested in a peace plan. They're interested in a forever war, the business of the, the defense industrial base that keeps the pockets lined in D.C. and, and defense contractors. Uh, that is Ukraine. I want an answer from these presidential candidates of what are you going to do? We know what's happened. We know Putin invaded Ukraine. We've seen how the Biden administration has handled it. What are you going to do? What's your plan? So that's Ukraine. I also want to see... Uh, We've seen this talk recently of like um, the Biden administration is going to start pushing for more COVID booster shots this fall and masking. And I want to say, if you're the president of the United States, what are you going to do about it? You're you're going to walk into bureaucracies that have existed long before your name was around the F the FDA, the CDC. What are you going to do about uh, the people who are so deeply embedded uh, into those federal institutions that don't want to see change. Um, they're fine with masking always and having that control and, and you know, working with big pharma to, to line everybody's pockets. What are these candidates going to do about that? Um, and then also the border. The border is huge. It's become so political that it's like people can't even talk about the border anymore with common sense in terms of we don't want drugs coming over the border. We don't want cartel and violent criminals coming over the border um, that come into the United States and then are on the outskirts of American cities, setting up their own like micro cities where the police can't even go because everybody is, is won't talk to the police and all of these crimes being committed. Um, so what what's your common sense solution to that? Or are you going to make it political and talk about how, um, you know, everything we've seen from the Biden administration and, and sort of be a George Bush, George W. Bush in terms <laughs> of those policies? Do you have any faith? in any of these people to give you answers on those questions? Or I guess maybe a better question is, is do any of these candidates excite you, Amber? Outside, of, I mean, obviously, I, I don't, I, are, are you supporting President Trump this this time around yes. as well? Uh, yeah, me, <laughs> I me, supported yeah. him in 2016. I, I, like, I, I, uh, I worked at the GOP convention as him as the uh, nominee. So yes, I supported him then. I, I then worked for him in the administration and, I am supporting him uh, this go round as well. Okay, so so tell me, okay, I I sort of see. You tell me if you agree. I I see three different angles, maybe four different angles for these people that are still in the race. One, maybe they want to be Trump's vice president. They know that they're not going to win, but they're just trying to build clout and ingratiate themselves with Trump. Maybe they want a cabinet position. Uh, two, I think maybe there's another batch of people in there that are maybe senators or or maybe somebody like Nikki Haley who are trying to stay relevant. They're trying to raise money nationwide. They're trying to build clout. I, I don't know. And I think that the, the bottom tier are people that just maybe want book deals. They want to be on CNN or ABC or even maybe even Fox News on some sort of talk radio show. Uh, and then there are other people like Garden State Lizzo who just want to take out Trump. I mean, so I... I I, I mean, what, what's your take? Like, why are these people still in? 
I think some of them are running to elevate their platform, their national notoriety, like Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, uh, DeSantis, obviously. Um, I do not think, I mean, this is just my own, like, assessment of the situation. I do not think uh, any person on that stage is going to be uh, Trump's running mates. Um, Mm. And I also don't... I also don't think, aside from Vivek, I think depending upon how things go, I mean, it's still kind of early. Um, I think maybe a cabinet offering, um, but none for anybody else on this. Wow. Wow. That's one hell of a prediction, really. That so I mean, but you see people like Christie ran against Trump and and Trump appointed him in 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 the administration before. But it seems like things are different now, huh? Things are different. Uh, He learned President Trump did not get to where like elevated as high as he did in business and then politics because he doesn't learn. He came into a government establishment in 2016 that did everything in its power to prevent him from doing so. And they're doing it again. They did it while he was in office as well. They tried to do it from the inside out. Uh, You know, firsthand experience is absolutely priceless. And that's what he got four years of. Things are going to be different this go around. D.C., establishment knows that and that's why they are trying to take him out as heavily as you are seeing today with these political persecutions that we are seeing against president trump wow it's so crazy you know it's such a great point amber because so much of my focus has been on you know the democrats that are trying to take him out and and the unjust political persecutions which that's exactly what they are coming from the doj but i think they're they're are also Republicans in Washington that don't want to see him in charge either. I mean, you were a Republican in his administration in the Pentagon. Did you did you get a sense of that that maybe there were people? I mean, I certainly saw it, but did you see people trying to undermine him at every turn like when you were in the Pentagon? Oh, John. I don't yes, want to put you on the spot. I absolutely <laughs> I'm, sorry. Did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want no. you to like no, try to just- it's just, um, it was the most eye-opening experience um, in politics that I have seen from working on the inside and in seeing what I saw, um, not only from career um, careers um, that had worked in the Pentagon their, their entire careers, um, but also certain political appointees. And it was, you saw it, you know about some people going into the administration and acting like it was their job with their inflated egos that it was their responsibility to save America from President <laughs> Trump, the, the, the guy that America voted into office. So that was just, um, it was insane that that was happening. Um, and at the top of some of these institutions um, that, yeah, so Trump was fighting, having to fight against the media. He like what other he and then he was having to fight against some people who um, came into office and had ulterior motives than supporting the president that they came in to serve. In fact, it was to sabotage. Uh, and I and I think that's why things are going to change so much if president trump is elected um into term two uh i you know he's going in eyes open in terms of 
who he brings into the administration this time. And I think it'll make a drastic um, difference. But he's had to fight, you know, everyone um, since since he announced his candidacy, like the media, who what other president ever has done as many press briefings as he's he has been so transparent that they couldn't even use that against him. Uh, but of course, they spun it in a way to, um, in terms of making it. Oh, he, he hates the him. press. Look at how mean he is. Like Look that. at how he answers all these questions. <laughs> like they can't even find Joe Biden. Joe Biden just goes on vacation and is sleeping all day. Uh, yeah. And it's and they don't they're, they're not concerned about that. They're like, oh, he's probably tired. He's probably taking his, you know, fourth nap of the day. So, so, okay. So I, none of these people are going to be vice president or none of these people, maybe you're thinking they're going to be in the cabinet. Tell me who you think Trump's going to pick as his vice president. Well, the only one I think it has a shot at a cabinet seat is um, Vivek. So um, for VP, I do think it's going to be a woman. And my guess is going to be Carrie Lake. Or maybe like a Marsha Blackburn. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's Senator from interesting. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two people that have, I mean, I think that care, I don't care what anyone says. I think that Carrie Lake won and that, that race was, I mean, there's some serious shenanigans going on in, in Maricopa. I, I always say that the rule of thumb of the VP is they got to bring something to the table. They've got to show the ability to win a state. And that state has to be a, a, a swingy ish type state. Um, but I think I- that a lot of people also feel um, in the past that you've had to have a like a counterweight almost. And that's exactly what happened with Pence and Trump. You know, they made a deal with the GOP, like let's bring in Pence. He's this he's this great counterweight. And mm-hmm. I don't think that is going to happen uh with president Trump. Time- <laughs> yeah, I don't. Nope. I don't so you just all. have two two wrecking balls at the top of the ticket. You almost need that. You need that in this day and age, you know? Well, I don't think there's there's uh people like President Trump because he's uh of what he was able to co- uh, accomplish against the world when he was president. Um I mean, imagine what he's going to be able to accomplish if he didn't have people trying to sabotage him from the uh, from the outside, uh, the media, big tech, like the defense industry, like imagine if he didn't have all of that working against him. Uh, and so I, I think this go around, he's like, uh, you guys, like what you see is what you get. And I'm going to have a running mate that is going to support me to serve the American people in the best way possible. Wow. That's fa- That's fascinating. Amber, I always love having you. You're welcome back here anytime. Uh, before I let you go, tell us where we can find you, where people can get your book. So my website is officialambersmith.com and you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram at ambersmithusa. Awesome. Awesome. And if you're watching, go grab her book, Danger Close. It's amazing. Uh, Amber, thank you for the feedback tonight. I hope that Trump uh, brings you into his administration in, in the second term when he wins. I do think he's the front runner. I do think he's going to win um, despite what, you know, both Republicans, Democrats, and everybody in the media would have you believe. I think that he's the guy. Uh, I hope that he brings you in at a high level to help, to help him clean house. Thank you. So Appreciate that. 
Amber, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for joining okay. us. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Sean. All right. See ya. Okay. So Amber is amazing. Uh, I know that we're not going to have President Trump up there on that stage tonight. And I think that most of you all, if you're tuning into this program, you're probably going to be watching him on Tucker to see if he breaks any crazy news there, uh, airing five minutes before the GOP debate. Frankly, I, I just don't think that any of these people that are on this stage tonight, the people that we just talked about are all that exciting. I don't think people are really going to be watching. I think Trump is just so far ahead. People really aren't paying attention now. Uh, but I wanted to end today uh, with some of Trump's great debate moments. And we had to cobble these things together from the depths of the Internet. But the, unfortunately, I do think that so much of debating is about showmanship. I mean, look, if if the greatest policy wonk in, in, in the, the world, I mean, Obviously, those people oftentimes don't win debates. They don't find themselves in the in the Oval Office. A, a debate is is about showmanship and the way that you carry yourself on stage. And there's no better showman than than President Trump. And so I, I want to roll this tape, and we're just going to roll through this stuff pretty quickly. But this is the kind of stuff that we're missing out on tonight. Uh, and hopefully, we'll get to see President Trump on the debate stage soon. But who knows? Let's roll the first one. A tough guy. A lot of times you'll have you'll have and, and it doesn't work very well. With How it. tough is it? A to lot take of a times property you, from an elderly talk, woman. Let me talk quiet. How a tough lot is of it? times. A lot of times. That's all of his donors and special interests out there. <laughs> so that's what it is. That's what. And by the way, let me just tell you, we needed tickets. You can't get them. You know who has the tickets for the I'm talking about to the television audience, donors, special interests, the people that are putting up the money. Who it is. The RNC told us we have all donors in the audience. And the reason they're not loving me, the reason they're not, excuse me, the reason they're not loving me is I don't want their money. I'm going to do the right thing for the American public. I don't want their money. I don't need their money. And I'm the only one up here that can say that. <laughs> he's not only going after Jeb Bush. He's going after everybody on the stage. He's going after the donors in the crowd. And you know what? He was right. All those people in the crowd were max donors to Jeb back in the day. And they're all booing him. Trump doesn't care. This is what I love about the guy. He's just a wrecking ball. Um, and, and that's why we elected him, because he was a big middle finger to the Democrat and Republican Party. He's somebody that truly represented the people. He's an outsider. He doesn't need their money. Go to hell. Uh, this is what it means to be America first. Listen to President Trump in this debate clip. Our people in this country, we're not taking care of our people. <laughs> we have no border. We have no control. People are flooding across. We can't have it. If we don't have borders, if we don't have strength, we don't have a country. People are flowing across. We have to take care of our people. Believe for four years, President Trump secured our border, brought illegal immigration to historic lows. He stopped the tide of fentanyl flowing into this country in just a couple of years of Joe Biden administration. The border's open. Now we learn that he's selling uh, pieces of the border fence that President Trump bought and put up you know, for pennies on the dollar. Uh, fentanyl is the number one cause of death in America. Just, just look at how fast things have unraveled since President Trump has been out. But here is a man that's talked about, this is way back in 2016, about what it means to be America first. He hasn't wavered from those positions. And that's why people are so scared of him. Uh, this, of course, this next clip is, is one that needs no introduction. Let's go ahead and roll it. 
will die. And a lot more are going to die unless he gets a lot smarter, a lot quicker. So, Mr. President, did you use the word smart? I can't with Trump. Yeah. So you said you went to Delaware State, but you forgot the name of your college. You didn't go to Delaware State. You graduated either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart. Oh, Miss Savage Trump. Don't ever man. use that word. Oh, give me <laughs> Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you, Jim. You hear the guy in the background who's just recording that. Like we just pulled it from some random random person's Twitter or Instagram. He's just like, oh, I miss Savage Trump. But everything he said is completely true. He's just calling out Biden on these pathological lies. And the crazy thing about it is if you're a Republican candidate running for office at any level, you have to be your own opposition research firm. You have to actually act as the candidate on the actual campaign trail and also act as the media because the media ain't calling out Biden on any of that stuff. Check out this next clip i don't make money from china you do i don't make money from ukraine you do i don't make money from russia you make three and a half million dollars joe and your son gave you they even have a statement that we have to give 10 percent to the big man you're the big man i think <laughs> everything now the media after president trump said all of that the media said that president trump was a liar they said that president trump was a conspiracy theorist that we have a conspiracy theorist as commander-in-chief now with all the information that's come out literally everything that he said during the 2020 campaign about joe biden is 100 true joe biden and the entire Biden family crime syndicate taking millions upon millions of dollars from Ukraine, taking millions upon millions of dollars from the Chinese Communist Party, taking millions upon millions of dollars from countries all around the world who are geopolitical enemies of the United States of America. And we know now that Joe Biden was not only on the take and is a wholly owned foreign subsidiary of those countries, we know now that Biden was using at least one, maybe two or three different alias emails to conduct business, official business of the U.S. government while looping in his crack smoking son on all of that stuff. Why was he using aliases? Because it was illegal. President Trump told us way back in 2020 on a debate stage in front of 80 million people watching that that was the case. But immediately the media lied for Joe Biden just to cover for him. Never forget this stuff, that President Trump, the stuff that he says, he's often right. He's often proven right down the road. Uh, we got one last clip. This one is my all-time favorite. Let's go ahead and roll it. Fact check, fact check him in real time. Last time at the first debate, we had millions of people uh, fact checking. So I expect we'll have millions more fact checking uh, because, you know, it is, uh, it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. <laughs> I mean, like when a guy told Hillary Clinton that he was going to put her in jail. And by the way, this is why the Clintons went all in on trying. They're, they're, of course, they're behind along with Barack Obama and the entire you know, Democrat crime syndicate. They're they're the ones behind all this weaponization of the DOJ. They're the ones going after President Trump. They're the ones that that weaponized our intelligence communities. Remember Chuck Schumer, like if you go against the intelligence community, they have five ways from Sunday at getting back. Remember all that? Uh, like they're the ones that are weaponizing the DOJ. Fanny was these are all corrupt Democrat uh, 
Soros funded Democrats and the Clintons have their hand in all of this. They're going after Trump because Trump made those threats. And here's a real interesting thing is that the Santas put out an ad recently, you know, bashing President Trump for not putting Hillary Clinton in jail. President Trump couldn't put Hillary Clinton in jail because the FBI already heard the case and already dismissed it and chose not to bring charges. But also like President Trump, they're, they're attacking President Trump for, you know, putting, you know, letting bygones be bygones. And, and doing everything he could to unite the country and not weaponize the system against his political enemies and go after the Clintons. I mean, I don't necessarily, look, I don't like the Clintons. I can't stand Bill Clinton. I can't, I especially can't stand Hillary Clinton. I, but I don't fault President Trump for trying to heal the country after what was a very, very divisive election after he won in 2016. That's not a negative thing. That's ultimately when when an election's over, you let bygones be bygones. You be the uniter in chief. That's what President Trump tried to do. And what Amber and I just talked about, he's going into the office like a wrecking ball this time. When he wins, I mean, it's going to be a no holds bar. That's why everybody, Democrat, Republican, the establishment, the uniparty, the lobbyists, the defense industry, that's why the media, all these corrupt po- prosecutions are happening. They're doing everything they can to stop them. And so I want to thank you all for watching the show tonight. Be sure to like this, this video, the Rumble, the Rumble people. They pay attention to all that stuff. Uh, if you comment, like you know that if you've been watching this show, I go on and I make sure I respond to almost everybody. I mean, if you comment in one of my videos, you're likely getting a response from me. Go to official Sean Parnell. I mean, we got Battleground Apparel Company uh, that we just rolled out a couple of weeks ago. I'm wearing a shirt, never quit, never surrender right now. Uh, we got shirts on there that say do not comply. And with all the lockdowns that are coming back, you should be rocking that shirt every damn day. In fact, these shirts, we're, they're selling so fast that we just had to put in a new order for them today. So go on to official Sean Parnell. Battleground Apparel Company is a company for American patriots, people who love this country, people who are willing to rise up and defend this country if need be, people that believe this country is exceptional. Battleground is, apparel is for you. So go to official Sean Parnell to the store to check it out. We got all that, all, all the merchandise there. Um, again, thanks to our sponsors. Thank you all for watching. See you tomorrow night at five. God bless you all, and God bless this exceptional nation that we live in. Enjoy the debates. Enjoy Trump on Tucker. God bless you all. God bless this country. Take care. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Monogram at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. 
if you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a, a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today.